The Old Testament lesson for today is from Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 31. This can be found on page 66 of your pew Bible. God displayed his power to deliver the Israelites from slavery by leading them with pillars of cloud and fire. Nevertheless, the Israelites became fearful when they saw the Egyptian army in pursuit instead of placing their trust in God. A reading from Exodus chapter 14, beginning with the 10th verse. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lift up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is that because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this why we said to you in Egypt, Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses says to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh, all his hosts, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before the Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, 
and the sea returned to his normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the hosts of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. May God add his blessings to the reading of his holy word. One day, there was a small child who was out on a walk with her father hand in hand. They turned a corner and from a distance saw a large stray dog that locked eyes with them. The dog began to show its fangs and growl. The child, terrified of the mean dog, squeezed her father's hand and tried to hide behind him. But instead of turning the other way, the father continued to move towards the direction of the dog, for that was where their house was. At this, the dog began to bark at them, which further frightened the child. But as soon as they got close, the father picked up his daughter from the ground, carried her in his arms, and continued to move forward. The child was now no longer afraid because now she was no longer at eye level with the dog, but she was on higher ground, being carried in the arms of her father. She knew that even if the dog were to attack, it could not physically reach her where she was. At this, she was filled with courage and she began to rebuke the dog, telling it to go away and to leave them alone. Realizing that these humans were not backing down, the dog eventually scurried away in defeat. And the child turned to her father and said, Yay, Daddy, we did it! <laughs> and the two of them celebrated their victory. Sometimes, just like this child, we find ourselves facing a scary situation. We'd like to run from it, and we'd rather not deal with it. But there are times when it seems like God, just like the father in the story, leads us right to it, to face and confront our enemy. And it's in those moments we recognize that it is God who saves and delivers us from evil. He does not abandon us to fend for ourselves, but it is God himself who will fight for us. This is what we're going to see in today's passage as we pick up the storyline in Exodus after God sends Moses to deliver his people from slavery in Egypt. After many signs and wonders from heaven, mostly in the form of plagues, Pharaoh finally releases the Israelites. But as soon as he does, he changes his mind when he realizes that he's losing valuable labor force. So he leads his army to pursue them. And when the Israelites see this, it leaves them in utter panic and chaos. Let's see how they respond to Moses in Exodus chapter 14, starting with verse 11. They said to Moses, 
Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Wow, talk about a dramatic response. You know, you would think that after having witnessed all these signs and wonders from God, the Israelites would have faith that God would come through for them. But here is what I believe caused the people to stumble. You can read it with me in verse 10. It says, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel, what did they do? Lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. Now, throughout this whole time, God manifested his presence in the form of a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was with them this whole time. It actually says in the previous chapter that the fire and the cloud did not depart from before the people. So God was with them the whole time. But as soon as the Israelites saw the Egyptians, their horsemen and their chariots, their eyes were no longer on God. But they lifted up their eyes to the source of their problems, the Egyptians. And as a result, they were overcome with great fear. Whatever we focus on, we will empower, whether we realize it or not. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we rest secure, we're full of confidence and hope. But as soon as we turn our gaze away from Jesus and to our problems, it can lead to fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, discouragement, and even despair. And when we fix our eyes on our problems long enough, it begins to shape our beliefs. We're susceptible to believe all kinds of lies, just like the Israelites, who actually believed it was better to remain as slaves in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. Really, Israel? You were enslaved for over 400 years, suffering all kinds of violence and injustice. Really, was a life of slavery better than a chance at freedom? This is what fear does to us, friends. Fear distorts our perception of reality and makes us believe that things are way worse than it appears. Fear can cloud our perception of God so that we're no longer able to see him or the purposes that he has for us. Can you imagine what would have happened if Moses let the people have their way and returned to Egypt? Thank God that he loves us enough to not let us have our way sometimes. For his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Looking back in my own life, I'm so grateful that God never answered any of my prayers that I prayed out in fear. Because if he did, I can guarantee that I would not be here today standing in front of you preaching this message. And yet while it's really tempting for me to read this story and judge the Israelites for not having enough faith, 
I have to remind myself that I'm just like them because I'm human. There are times and moments when the enemy of my soul is no longer even whispering, he is barking at me to bring fear and intimidation. So where is God in all this? How does he respond when his children get attacked? He is right there with them in the midst of their battle. Read with me starting in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Here Moses responds like a true godly leader. All chaos had broken out among the people, and Moses addresses their fears by redirecting them back to God. He's saying, don't behold the Egyptians, the source of your problems, but behold God. Fear not. Stand firm. See the salvation of the Lord, for it is the Lord who will fight for you. And boy, does God show up and show off. He fights for his people through one of the most greatest miracles ever written in scripture, the crossing of the Red Sea. Just out of curiosity, or how many of you have ever heard of Sight and Sound Theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Anybody? Okay, a few of you. For those of you who have never heard it, I highly recommend it, especially if you have children, but the shows are enjoyable for people of all ages. They have a panoramic stage that makes you feel like you're right in the middle of the action. And a few years ago, they uh, put on the production of Moses, where they enacted this very scene of the parting of the Red Sea using advanced stage technology. And it was a sight to behold. As you saw this massive sea, this wave created with special effects parting before the audience, and you could feel the wind and the, and the mist just on your face. And I remember being in awe, watching the scene unfold, thinking to myself, this is a show in a small town theater. Imagine just how much more terrifying and awesome it must have been when it actually happened. God showed up in a majestic, powerful way in order to gain glory over Pharaoh and his army. He wanted to show the Israelites that he was greater than the source of their fears. And it worked. Because later on in verse 31, it says that Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Israel didn't have to pick up their swords to fight their enemy. But it was God himself who fought their battle. Now, when you hear a story, this grandiose story, like the crossing of the Red Sea, there's a tendency where it could feel irrelevant, like this is something that happened long ago and far away. And even though there may not be a Pharaoh's army chasing after us, we must admit that there are times in this world when we are confronted with evil. And the God who parted the Red Sea and delivered Israel from their enemies is the same God who fights for us today. As I've been praying about this message, 
the Lord brought to my mind a recent testimony of a couple in our own congregation who is confronted with evil. Bill and Julie Tan are members of our Stanford campus and have been with us for a number of years. Some of you might have actually seen them here on Sunday worship. I see them right there. Wave your hands, Bill and Julie. Yep. Now, they gave me permission to share their testimony in hopes that it would encourage others and glorify God. This past July, a hacker from overseas was able to access Bill's private information, break into his bank account online, and wire all his money out of his savings. Now, when Bill and Julie realized that their account was compromised, they desperately tried to stop the hacker from taking the money out of their account. They kept going back and forth with representatives of the bank, who initially told them that they could stop the wire transfer from being completed. But as time went on, they couldn't keep the promise. And eventually, all the funds were depleted from their account. The bank failed to help them and eventually closed their case a month later with no resolution. Bill and Julie were completely distraught as the money that was stolen had been their life savings. Julie knew that since the bank closed their case, it was only God who could fight for them. She began to pray, Lord, I trust that you will restore to us what the locusts have eaten. And she began to pray daily, standing on God's promises. Slowly, over time, God began to work in Julie's heart so that she was able to let go of the offense, even forgive the hacker for the evil that he brought on them, and even pray for his salvation. During that same time, Bill went for a follow-up visit with his doctor and received word that he was diagnosed with aggressive prostate cancer. They had barely come out of their last battle, and this couple found themselves facing a brand new one. In the natural, it might have appeared that evil was winning. But in reality, God was fighting for them behind the scenes. You see, during that time, the church gathered around Bill and Julie to pray for them and to console them. They were amazed by the generosity of fellow Christians, both near and afar, that came to help them in their time of need. They received phone calls, encouraging words, prayers, financial gifts, and even groceries. As Bill went for CT scans and MRIs to see if the cancer had spread, the entire Christian community was praying for Bill's healing. And by the grace of God, the cancer didn't spread, but it was all contained in the prostate, which could be surgically removed. And about a week before his scheduled operation, God showed up in a mighty way. They had received word from their bank that had closed their case months prior that they, was, they were going to compensate them for all the money that was lost all the way down to the wiring fees that it cost a hacker to steal the money. Bill and Julie were stunned. They had given up hope on ever seeing that money again and surrendered it to God. Well, it turns out that a fellow sister in Christ, who happens to be one of our congregants, and she used to worship with us in Stanford, but now she moved away to North Carolina. She worships with us from there. She heard about their case and decided to take matters into her own hands. And she contacted pretty much everyone who was anyone at the bank, all the way up to the assistant CEO, 
And when they refused to take action, she then turned to the local government and press. And somehow, by God's providence, she got a hold of the attorney general who heard Bill and Julie's case and took action. This news came just in time before Bill's surgery to remove his prostate. You see, the recovery time would take several weeks, and he wouldn't be able to work during that time. So this was God's miraculous provision for them during that time of recovery. When Bill and Julie were confronted with evil, God came through for them, and he delivered them at just the right time when they needed it the most. And praise God, today, Bill is healed and completely cancer-free. Praise the Lord. There's so much of their testimony that I was not able to share for the sake of time, but if you would like to talk to them after the service, please go ahead, because there's amazing just to hear about how God was with them in the midst of their battles. Now, I tell you this testimony this morning to show you that the same God who delivered Israel from their enemies is the same God who's fighting battles and delivering his people today. And now you might be sitting there hearing all this and thinking, okay, I hear you, so God fights our battles. Does that, does that mean that you know, we don't have to do anything? Not necessarily. Ultimately, it is God who delivers us, but there's also a role for us to play. Faith is not passive, but it is active. When the Israelites were terrified at the sight of the Egyptians, Moses said, fear not, stand firm, you will see the salvation of the Lord. They had to make a choice. Were they going to fix their eyes on their problems and be afraid? Or were they going to fix their eyes on God and stand on his promises? God then directs Moses in verse 15 to tell the people of Israel to go forward. They couldn't look back at their enemy that was chasing after them. They were leaving them behind. But they had to keep moving towards the Red Sea, what appeared to be a dead end, only to witness God's miraculous deliverance that came at just the right time. And though it was God's presence and power that parted the Red Sea, he also used Moses to play a role as he had to lift up his staff and stretch out his arm. What this tells me is that sometimes God will use his people to be his means of deliverance for others. Throughout scripture, you always see God inviting people to participate in his mission on earth. God used other Christians to help Bill and Julie in their time of need. And one of them even took on their fraudulent case as if it were her own. And she fought until they received justice. Can you imagine if Christians fought like that for each other all the time? Fighting someone else's battle as if it were our own. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. When he came down to earth, he saw that we could not win this battle against sin on our own. And so he came down and won the battle for us through his death 
and resurrection. That is why we can stand on his promises today when we face our battles. It's because Jesus won the victory for us on the cross. This is what we celebrate in this time of Advent. We don't just celebrate in the coming of our Lord and Savior in his birth, but also in his soon and coming return. The book of Revelation tells us that one day Jesus will return as king in all his glory and splendor. He will conquer all the evil that we see remaining on this earth. And he will lead us into victory against sin and death once and for all. So friends, regardless of what kind of battles you may face now or in the future, whether they are physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, or even financial. Whenever you feel like the enemy is chasing after you, when the enemy of your soul begins to bark, fear not. Stand firm. See the salvation of God and keep moving forward. For we serve a mighty God who delivers us from evil and leads us into victory. Thanks be to God.